I think they got like a little a little cheeky lawsuit. <laughs> oh, just a little just a little cease and desist <laughs> sent over here, a little cheeky one. Uh, uh, as a little treat. David, have you heard the phrase "absence makes the heart grow fonder"? Um, I I have heard that phrase before. Yes, David, I'm feeling fond. Oh, <laughs> how fond do you feel? So, I say I feel so fond. It's been so long since we've recorded a podcast, which I presume is just like two weeks at this point. Mm-hmm. But man, it feels like an eternity. Yeah, used to having that that pressure relieved. I just I like like talking about video games. There's been so many of them that I've played since two weeks ago, and uh, also like I, don't, I haven't talked to my good friend David in two weeks, mostly at least. Uh, you know, yeah, in we, the audio we texted form. at least. <laughs> we texted. Yeah. yeah, we're not. We're it's not like we're not friends when we're not recording this podcast. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, this is this is a business friendship only. <laughs> Strictly business. Uh, this podcast, of course, being Video Game Optimism, the Optimist Video Game Variety Show, where two best friends talk about the wonderful world of gaming. Uh, my name is still Chase. And my name's David. Well, hey, I'm interested in what games you've gotten up to in the last two weeks. I'm just curious. You're just curious. You just, you just want to know what I've been poking at. Yeah, because like, just background. I've been going through the final, like, I think 10 episodes that don't have games mentioned. Mm-hmm in our like episode backlog yeah. and just like hearing me or hearing you talk about video games got me gassed up because I was like <laughs> I I don't know which ones you're going to bring this week it's just it's always so exciting for me it's also been so long David I'm just I'm just excited about these yeah, you're you're today. tripping over your own words right now with excitement <laughs> also I don't know how to do this anymore it's been two weeks and I have no idea what a podcast is anymore <laughs> exactly. just like we used to do this this used to be our regular cadence was two weeks when I was studying for my task yeah so we just got to get no back in the how swing that of was things. Possible. I know you were yeah. you were it was a it was a mighty struggle for you back then, Chase. You were you were having a tough time about it. <laughs> really had to edit myself. I'm, I'm, I was impressed that you were able to make it that long. And yeah. You just didn't explode with optimism just leaking out of your ears at some point, <laughs> screaming at people on the street. <laughs> I think video games are cool, and you should too. <laughs> There's, a, there's always something cool about at least one of them. I know there's always something good in any game this is if you look hard enough and have an open heart. <laughs> But yeah, I I have indeed been playing video. Could you tell me about it, please? Uh, yeah, I've been playing. I've still been playing Dark Souls three, and that's the thing I've probably been playing the most of still. Cool. Yeah. Where are you in it now? Let's see. I am in the uh, really awful, like swampy church place. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, man. The swampy church. Yeah. I got. Was, like I'm going through this game. I'm, I was amazed at like how close some of the bonfires are, and right now mm-hmm. I'm in a fucking hell 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 pit hellscape of no bonfires and this very long <laughs> strip of pretty difficult enemies i have to get through to get back to where i was yeah it's pretty frustrating right now but but this area is weird it's cool i actually i accidentally played with somebody else which was kind of fun oh love that. i don't know why or how it happened but i just saw a summon sign i'm like okay let's see what happens and this dude and i just yeah. kind of wrecked 
ran through this fucking church and just destroyed mm-hmm. everything. It was great. It's a lot of fun, actually. He was a homie. I got very nervous because I was about to die. And I'm like, is he going to be mm-hmm. mad if I die? And I got just <laughs> way too in my own head about playing with some rando on the internet. Uh, but it yeah. was it was more fun than I thought it was going to be. It makes me kind of want to force you to to make a Dark Souls 3 character so we can fuck around in, in one of these levels. Because it's, it it's a very different game when you have a buddy yes. to go through with. It really, really changes the difficulty level and also uh, the vibe. The vibe changes. It's really cool that they like build in like every NPC that you meet sometimes. It's kind of a miracle whenever you're like, oh, my God, there's another like just regular dude over there who's like, hello, I've been here for 3000 years (laughs) and I have this tiny little cursed dagger that I've been staring at. Uh huh. And like it, it always just seems like incredible that there's just like another person out here and not just like a horrible crab yeah. that's going to eat you it's or like, something. like, oh, all of your um, body parts are proportional to you and you don't want to kill me <laughs> yeah. and you actually speak. Human, for human the most words. part. For, for, for the most part, yes. You might want to kill me a little bit, but at least you're keeping that in check. You might want to kill me later. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck you, Patches. <laughs> patches on notice. <laughs> and so it's always, it's cool that they were able to build into the actual game that if there is a, a truly real other human, it feels kind of like a miracle. You're yeah. like, oh my God, like a friend who isn't mean to me mm-hmm. and is just here to like help me progress yeah. and we're going to help each other. Mm-hmm. It's 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 pretty wild. It's it's a really cool part of that game that like I do think is it's kind of intimidating to get in there, but it's so nice when you find just a regular person who wants to play Dark Souls with you. Yeah. Yeah. You have that person and then you also have uh, Captain Jack Sparrow who just invaded my world i sat around waiting for him to come fight me i never saw him forgot about him kept on going in the level and then when i was at like a a very minuscule amount of health he just came up and backstabbed me and killed me oh my god captain jack sparrow is a real bastard apparently (laughs) that's hilarious (laughs) and he looked like captain jack sparrow it was pretty impressive. Yeah. So there's there's two there's two sides to every coin, right? In in every person there are two wolves. So <laughs> that was it was definitely all over the place with my my Dark Souls three co op experiences, um, yeah. or co op and one co op and one PvP, I guess you would say. <laughs> yeah. But I'm 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 really enjoying Dark Souls three, and I'm I'm kind of shocked at how different it feels than Dark Souls one. Yeah. And I'm also yeah. kind of shocked by the 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 run that Miyazaki was on of Dark Souls, Bloodborne, and then Dark Souls 3. That is whew, that is quite the run there, just to go from one to the next to the next. Damn, dude. Yeah, no, it's it's shocking that they were like he was able to work on those games one right after the other. It's like that just doesn't happen. Yeah. And in, in insane, truly. Uh the guy's he's he's gonna be on the Mount Rushmore of, of games one day. Um but <laughs> Uh, it's it the the vibe of the game is very different than Dark Souls One. I don't. It feels it feels mm-hmm. a little bit more hopeless <laughs> than Dark yeah, Souls. Yeah, shockingly. Uh, yeah. Dark Souls One is more vague. It's kind of it's more mysterious. You're in this world. Yeah. It's more open. It's more cavernous feeling. It's more a little ominous feeling. But it doesn't feel quite as hopeless and depressing as Dark Souls Three does. There's just this this pale yeah. of of darkness and sadness that kind of envelops the whole game which is very interesting compared to the first one that they 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 definitely are going for this vibe in this game and they achieve it pretty well yeah i don't know which one i like more i think they're just both different yeah they're both sure. their own thing mm-hmm. but yeah I'm, I'm in that that nasty little church i can i also can go into like the catacombs that's another option to me because i just beat mm-hmm. the the abyss watchers who are a real tough one for me for a while really that was a hard boss yeah that feels like a get good boss yeah so 
got through those and now i'm guessing i'm going to be fighting some like evil clergy person in this church at some point no almost almost certainly <laughs> almost certainly so yeah really enjoying this game i'm, I'm enjoying being a pyromancer uh, i've mm. never really dabbled with spells in any of these from soft games before honestly yeah and i started to get a little bit out of my comfort zone this time and i feel like i'm starting to get a good idea of how it works and like the spacing and everything because it's very different than being just a big old swingy boy yeah totally but it's fun i like i like all the big different blasty moves i have i like imbuing my weapon with fire that's fun Mm -hmm. that's cool (laughs) definitely gets my pyromaniac energy out into a constructive and not destructive way for me which is great yeah so yeah dark souls 3 surprisingly enough a very good game good game yeah shocking (laughs) shocking truly i also been i also played and beat mario 6 golden coins super mario land 2 six, six golden coins took that win all the way through yeah, I was traveling over the weekend and I had some spare time with my Switch and I just blasted through this one. I, I, I had, this is one of the few games that I had beaten all like the regular levels as a yeah. child, but I never beat the boss, the final boss. <laughs> Don't know why, but yeah, it was great. It was just a, it was just a stroll down memory lane. And I think this game is kind of slept on. Honestly, this is a good Mario game. Yeah. I enjoyed all the levels. Um, there's lots of little secret levels you can access to once you get through the game and the final and all the bosses it's it's just such an easy play nothing is super difficult but it all is just hard enough and skillful enough that you really still have to pay attention and be engaged with the game Mm -hmm. and still makes you feel accomplished afterwards which is i I think a very difficult balance yes uh, and, and mark to hit balance to achieve and mark to hit so i uh, yeah really really enjoyed that one and i did enjoy that also wario is the bad guy in this one uh <laughs> which you don't usually see and wario is like a, a little goblin man in this one he is he is <laughs> nasty looking really really kind of <laughs> just a weirdo which is fun you don't get to see that type of wario often it kind of feels like it's bizarro mario and wario in this game because their their sprites are just so different looking than their typical their typical games but it's fun it's a good it was it was a, it was a great time to just go back through memory lane and like realizing how much of this music and these levels have been ingrained into my my mind and are mm, just kind of mm-hmm. churning in the background without me knowing <laughs> so yeah really really fun game really enjoyed it quite a bit it's I, it's funny that you bring up wario i feel like there's the assumption with so many of the games like in Warrior or Mario Tennis and like Mario Soccer is that like Wario's a bad guy. Mm-hmm. It's so rare that I actually see him be a bad guy. Yeah. Other than like his capitalist endeavors in <laughs> like WarioWare and shit like that. Exactly, right? And he's he is he is the final boss in this game. Yeah. And it's pretty fun because they give him the same power-ups that you get in the game. And you have to oh, like funny. beat him at you have to beat yourself almost a little bit. Yeah. Which is cool. He does look horrifying. I'm looking at pictures of him. Now. He's <laughs> he very looks scary. Like an, he looks like a, go- like a goblin, gremlin, orc. Something, yeah. something non-human. That's for sure. That's spooky. I don't think I like looking at him. <laughs> his, but his body is just... Ugh, the proportion of Wario's head, I think, is really what's throwing me. Like, he doesn't... I, I know. The head is massive, right? It's huge, yeah. He looks like... His body is just a little bit bigger, but his head is like also the size of Mario's body. (laughs) Yeah. The proportions are all wrong. I feel like I'm looking at like like an HP Lovecraft horror. Like my mind is being (laughs) fried from just seeing it. You can't comprehend it in the the three-dimensional world that we live in. No, yeah. He transcends dimensions. He's a fourth (laughs) dimensional being, Wario. I also have jumped back into Guacamelee 2. Oh, yeah. You were playing this a little while ago, right? I was. This is like my travel game. Oh, sure. 
it's always there it's easy to jump back into and play and it's always it's always fun it's always an enjoyable experience when i play this game Mm -hmm. and it's and it still is there's always a little something new that the game throws at you whether it's becoming a chicken whether it's teleporting between different worlds whether it's uh getting a, a different power that you didn't realize that you wanted or needed or could use in a specific way mm-hmm. uh, it is a really nice fun little metroidvania it's it's yeah. great i love the love the colors still really like this game is not afraid to use colors and i think more games should have that 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 zest and that gusto for flair and yeah color because you know you can really do some pretty beautiful cool things with with color in games if you just let yourself do it game developers (laughs) so yeah it's it's still it's still a lot of fun and also i played it with a friend this time Mm. because it is up to four players yeah um so my good friend jahan was visiting this weekend sure uh, and we busted into this game a little bit and it was quite fun to play with two people and you know he's a seasoned gamer so he just jumped in and played it was great and that brings me to the next game I played, the last game that I really want to talk about. Yeah. Which was Shadow of the Colossus. Oh, yeah. The Blue Point remake? The Blue Point remake. Wow. I was just listening to episodes where we were talking about this like a year ago. Yeah. I, I jumped in it and I was like, hmm, this game is beautiful and fun, but I never yeah. like went all the way through it again. But Jahan was here and I'm like, yeah. Jahan, have you ever played Shadow of the Colossus? His answer was no. I don't even know oh, anything man. about this game. I That's know perfect. nothing. And I'm like, my boy, my son, my friend. <laughs> Let's go on a journey. Take Let's my get hand. in this. And it is actually a, an exceptional one player, one, one controller, two player game. Yeah. You just, yeah, like, you just swap off between Colossi. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's beautiful. And you can also like strategize while you're like the other person's playing. Like, I think we need to go over here and do this thing. Or I bet if you go on this part of him, you'll be able to do this or whatever. Exactly. It's also fun because this game has such weird controls. Yes. <laughs> That it was fun to watch him experience climbing a colossus and killing it for the first time. Yeah. It was a struggle. It was a struggle. It's a triumph whenever you actually do it. Because it's like, God, I really had to work for that kill just yeah. now. Not only did I have to work, I had to think a lot. I had to figure <laughs> out what to do and how to do it. Yeah. It's a, there's a lot of strategizing in that game. I forget that it's really the first part of any colossus is the puzzle of how do I get on this bastard? Yeah. Uh, and then how do I kill it? Mm-hmm. mercilessly a sad sad music plays as it crashes to the ground it's, it's it's like a dirge like the the music when it dies is just tragic It's so sad. And I really, I really uh, hate killing the one that is just like a playful puppy that's trying to like find you. And it's just like, oh, yeah, it's it's like peeking underneath the the little hill to see where you are. And you just climb up its back and just stab it multiple times in the head until it dies. It's hellish. Yeah. It was just trying to hang out. It was just trying to hang out with you. But yeah, this game is this game is something special. Truly, it's it still holds up so well mm-hmm. nowadays. It's still it's still a breath of fresh air compared to so many games. God, it's, it's just it's just a it's just a masterpiece. It's just a yeah. masterpiece. It's so it's so damn good. And the Blue Point did such an amazing job <laughs> remaking it. The fur on these colossi, yeah, moves and looks so good. My goodness. 
they did such a good job. But yeah, this game was real damn good and I had a blast playing through it with Jahan. It was great. Yeah. I, I feel like they, they did a good job on so many things. Like I think the it is of course good that they got the the Colossus like visuals right, right? Like that is yeah. an important part of the game, but I, I, I remember being really impressed with how well they did the the like landscapes of the world. Uh-huh. Yep. Because I feel like that is such an important part of the game is this like kind of cold and empty moment. Like mm-hmm. after you kill a Colossus and you're going out to find another one. Yeah. Where there's no music. You're you, all, all you really have is kind of the wind and your horse mm-hmm. and the sword aggro? that points to you. Yeah. Aggro. And like there's this like kind of terrible, at least for me, I, I think it might be the game just letting you sit with your decisions. But uh-huh. Um, for me, at least there was like kind of this like terrible emptiness that settled in, in those moments where it's mm-hmm. like, there's this big, vast, beautiful landscape and you're just kind of like trouncing through it to go find another thing to kill. And uh-huh. it's a little like reminiscent of like an undertale or something like that, yeah. where the, I think the game is trying to make you look at like, is this really what we need to be doing? Obviously like Shadow of the Glasses doesn't offer you an alternative, right? Like you can't mm-hmm. turn around and leave if you want to. But I do think it's still pretty effective to like have those quiet moments between actually yep. killing these big beasts and everything. It's almost melancholic. Yes, no, I, definitely. It's an, yeah, it's an amazing game. I'm really I'm constantly sort of in awe of this and uh, Eco and a, a little bit lesser extent The Last Guardian because that game like wasn't that tight but yeah like the the stuff that they're able to do with just like tone and like setting mm-hmm. like very basic things but they just they just do it so well yeah in, in a way that like i i don't know i think games are so accustomed to being like a maximalist experience of just hitting you in the face over and over and over again with shit that it's like i impressive when a game just strips away everything that isn't necessary and gives you like okay we're just going to give you the visuals and some music when it's appropriate and you're going to be fighting these big monsters and like, I don't know, it's it, it, it's just so effective, that game. Yeah, I think it's interesting that, you know, so much of the game is just dependent on you going and seeking out these creatures. And it does kind of force your hand to go and do these things that, you know, are kind of clearly like not good. Like yeah, it's trying stuff. to make you feel kind of bad <laughs> yeah. about it. But yeah, it's just, the, it's, it's like, it's like, I don't know, in, in music, when I was in band, mm-hmm. our, our band teacher, Mr. Glazer, shout out, Mr. Glazer. Shout out, Mr. Glazer. Uh, he said that you play the rests. That is, mm-hmm. that is something that you are actively playing is not playing. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of what those moments in Shadow of the Colossus remind me of. It's the totally. emptiness. It's the lack of gameplay. It's the lack of sound. It's the lack of kind of direction that you have that mm-hmm. really hammers home the fact that I am hunting these creatures and I am doing this on purpose because I want to do this. I think yeah. it just, it really hammers home that point of the game to me of I'm, I'm in it to do this kind of th- bad thing that I know is bad, but... I'm doing yeah. it anyways because there's nothing else to do. Yeah. I, like I, when I was younger, I found the the story of this kid going and killing these things like much more sympathetic mm-hmm. than I do now. Like I can't remember when this came out. I think it was like 2004 or something like that. It was, it was a while ago. And I think I was just very used to game stories being what this game does. And at least in the sure. setup, right? Of I have to save this person that like I, they don't. Do they ever really explicitly tell you what your relationship to this uh, girl that you're trying to like revive is? Not so far in the game. 
No, I, no. I can't remember if it ever actually spells that out, but clearly you're there, right, to somehow revive her. This, like, god, I guess, is t- t- seemingly manipulating you, right? Dormant. Yeah, the, the guy who shows up and, like, tells you what to do. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it, it, he, the, the kid seems a lot less sympathetic to me now. Like, I feel like I am playing as, like, Ganondorf when he was younger and he just, like, destroyed <laughs> all these creatures, you know? like <laughs> Ganondorf Origins, you mean? <laughs> yeah, the, the origin uh- story. Ganondorf Requiem is it, it, it feels bad it feels like I'm I'm like not doing yeah it, it feels like a villain origin story and I know that like there's been some like heat and some criticisms of games that are like we're gonna force you to do a bad thing and then make you feel bad about the bad thing you did uh-huh. but I still think it's pretty effective in this game mm-hmm. for me I never felt like wow I the player am the bad guy it's just sort of telling me the story and I am playing the part of this person right yeah true and so it feels like there's a little bit of distance between me and this person but still it I think it's pretty effective. I think this game is really incredible. It's great. So good. Well, that's all I had been playing, Chase. What have you been playing? Yeah, I played a bunch of games. I'm going to tell you, let me see. I think I'll talk about three of them. Okay. So it's been a little while. I think shortly after we recorded last time, the Advanced Wars Reboot Camp came out. Oh, nice. Uh, and I sure have been playing a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, for uh, a little bit of background, I flew to uh, Mexico uh, the the Monday that we were, would have recorded last, and I was there for a week on our honeymoon, which was sweet. Happy honeymoon. Had Thank you. And uh, as a result, had a lot of like downtime, had a lot of plane time, the way that M and I relax is uh, not going out every single day at the crack of dawn to go see a town. It's a lot more of what do you want to do today? Nothing. Okay, perfect. Um, especially at the place we were staying at. It was a lot of just hanging out and doing what you do. Solid. Yeah. So anyway, I had a lot of time to pl- play some games, one of which was Advance Wars Reboot Camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a remake of the first and second Advanced Wars game that came out on Game Boy Advanced like 15, 20 years ago. I don't remember how long, but a long time. (laughs) Sidebar, I listened to uh, the episode where I talked about this uh, when I played this last year Uh and I said the same thing and you had the exact same reaction. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. Um, (laughs) So let's see. I I played these games incredibly recently. Played them last year in the sort of like 50... Episode 51 to 56, I was playing Advanced Wars games. Mm -hmm. And uh, I really enjoyed returning to them, especially because like I was capital B bad at Advanced Wars when I was younger. Yeah. I just sort of refused to engage with a lot of the tactics that the game wanted me to engage with. Mm -hmm. I was like, I just want to build a hundred tanks and have that be enough. And it's (laughs) very rarely is that a good enough strategy. Are you German at your heart, Chase? Were you trying to do a Blitzkrieg? Jesus. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) much we're gonna use no other tactics just a lot of tanks oh man that's for all the uh the world war ii buff dads out there who are listening to the podcast they're gonna get a real kick out of that (laughs) they're gonna they're gonna love that one Um, so yeah, it was, it was really fun to return to. And I think for the most part, those games really held up. I think most, most games that are well-made on the Game Boy Advance do hold up. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the art just stands the test of time. It does, it hasn't yeah. aged particularly badly at all. And, uh, I think the game itself was, was really well-made or both one and two. And then I also played dual strike last year. Mm-hmm. So, but, uh, the, the remake of this is just one and two, I think two is black hole rising. It's the, the like subtitle of it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, not skeptical, but I, I was, I honestly, I was pretty excited about this just cause like I, I wanted to see what they would change about this game. But I was also like, I just played this, like surely I won't want to do it all over again. Yeah. Uh, but that is incorrect. It was actually, it's still very fun. 
Uh-huh. So m- you did it all over again. Yeah, I've thus far I've played through all of the first one and then I'm like about halfway through the second one. Dang. Um, nice. They're they're like pretty beatable games. Like I think I got through the first one in like four or five hours. Mm-hmm. It, it's not horribly long. And especially like I just played it. So I kind of remember like, oh yeah, I remember this map. There's a trick to this one. Or like there's a lot easier way to beat it if I just do XYZ thing. Mm-hmm. I was playing it last time on the RG 351P. <laughs> which has rewind built into it. Uh-huh. And so like that was a lot easier. There's there's a way to like restart a day or or like a turn in this one. Mm-hmm. But it's like it, it I wouldn't call it buried in the menus, but it's not a particularly easy thing to do. It, not as easy as like, you know, Fire Emblem's Divine Pulse or anything is. Sure. Where you can like go back even a single turn or anything like that. And I, I understand why, right? Like the fog of war is a big deal in this game and you kind of don't want to just like allow somebody to poke and prod until they figure out exactly where everybody is and then execute on that. But regardless, it's still largely pretty much mechanically the same game if you're playing on the classic difficulty, which to me just feels kind of like the base game. Mm -hmm. I know that there is a more casual difficulty that I I really should have checked out, but I haven't yet, which I presume will make the game a little easier, which would be cool, right? Like I think that there's like a lot of fun mechanics and a lot of fun characters that this game has. And so I do think it's cool that they included a way to get to that whereas in the the base game you're kind of just like hosed if you can't figure it out Mm-hmm. All that said, the the visual layer of the game is pretty much it feels like it's been built from the ground up. Nice. It's it's all very new. All of the characters are like slightly voiced. They all have like kind of voice actors sure. playing them. Um like it's not full blown dialogue. It's usually just kind of like the first line of kind something. of voice actors. <laughs> I'm a voice yeah, actor for fun. <laughs> yeah, this is nobody who's being paid. No, I'm just kidding. There's like actually, <laughs> you know, regular voice actors in here, but it'll be like, you know, somebody chirping in with like, "Oh," or I can't believe it or something like that Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, rather than saying the entire line out a soundbite voice actors. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm also pretty sure that the person who's playing Andy is the person who played Ash Ketchum in Pokemon. Cause like, sure. 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 Does sound like Ash Ketchum every now and then. Mm -hmm. Hyper repair. But yeah, the, the visuals are pretty much all, all redone. I think they do a good job of sort of like visually, referencing the original style without just being a Game Boy Advance style game. Mm-hmm. It's all very cartoony and bright and colorful, which I think for this game makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a game that is literally about warfare, you have to walk such a fine line between being a, a happy-go-lucky game and just like getting really down in the dumps about like, what does this mean to kill or anything like that? <laughs> Sure. And I, I they, they do such a good job of doing that. Everybody's like ridiculous and kind of over the top. And like, it's also obvious with the visual style in this one that I don't think they really had fidelity to do on the Game Boy. Like all of the characters look kind of like toys in a certain way. Sure. The the maps, if you zoom out a little bit, look like they're taking place on like a, a literal game board. Okay. Like the edges of the map sort of curve down like it's a board game or sure. something. Sure. It doesn't make it feel so realistic. No. And and I think that's, that's good. A, yeah. I, I think it's a really good choice. I, I like I just I have so little appetite for war games anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I think like just the the usage of imagery that a lot of like, you know, shooter games use. It's invoking like real world horrific shit. Yeah. And it, it is doing it in a way that tries to make it entertaining and sort of commodify it in a way that like feels kind of like a bummer. I, I'm yeah. sure that's not a hot take, but like just my my appetite for that stuff, especially in a game that's like kind of story driven it's just so low 
Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, my my I can sort of like have a disjointed part of my brain if it's a multiplayer game. Like it doesn't trigger the same sort of like, oh, this is a real thing that real people go through. It's kind of like, well, I, it's, a, it's a multiplayer game. It, I don't know. For whatever reason, it doesn't bother me as much. But mm-hmm. in like a single player game where you're experiencing a story of a person who's going to war, it feels kind of bad. Yeah. So I, I think the choice to make the the sort of like warfare in this feel like it's people playing a board game is a incredibly smart decision. Um, and I, I'm glad they've done it. The, uh, I, I, I will say the, the motion in this game feels really good or looks really good. The motion. Just like, uh, like the, the, the characters when, whenever they're like moving, it looks really good, sure. and like well-made all, all the sort of like little characters that you're controlling. I haven't explained what advanced wars is and I'm almost done with this. Um, <laughs> advanced wars is like a tactics game. Yeah. Sort of a la like fire emblem kind of Mm -hmm. where it's a grid based game and you're essentially just trying to like you know beat your enemy back or capture their base or whatever a lot more simplified version of like a starcraft or something like that yeah which is i like interesting to me that i don't see this kind of game emulated very often i think i see a lot of like 4x games or any games on the pc that are more strategy based that hearken towards more of a starcraft or a warcraft kind of game but very rarely other than like war groove do i see games that are trying to do this kind of advanced war style game and i'm, mm-hmm. I'm a little bit surprised about that because like this game is set selling incredibly well right yeah. now and so i'm yeah i don't i don't know if maybe they just don't want to come for the king or something like that but yeah still regardless I, I i'm really enjoying this game i think they have put a greater emphasis on the characters than were in the first one mm-hmm. um and i think that's just like you know a consequence of adding a little bit of voice acting more animation giving a little bit more dialogue tightening mm-hmm. up the dialogue that was already there mm-hmm. and so you get a better sense of like who these people are and i think these characters are all pretty fun right like yeah. everybody in the orange star army is great like max and nell is that her name uh, uh andy and and Sammy are all really great. Uh, the like blue, blue army. Mm-hmm. Those dudes are incredible. Olaf and uh, Grit. Grit is incredible as like a player. I love to play as Grit. He's sort of the ranged uh, guy. Grit. Like he, he has a lot better range on almost all of his like, mm. you know, art, artillery and shit like that. And, and yeah, I think that that goes throughout. And so it like weirdly is a character driven game for me right now. I'm kind of just gotcha. enjoying like seeing where these people go and what they do and all that sort of stuff. And can you go on dates? Uh, unfortunately, you can't go on. dates. No, no kissing. No kissing in this mm. one. Although at the same time, like, I don't know that there's a lot of like suitable bachelor and bachelorettes in this one. Like, mm. They're all kind of bizarre people that I don't know would necessarily line up correctly for a dating game. But gotcha. still, still. You're just, you're just not thinking big enough, Chase. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I should have I should have considered dating the leader of Black Hole Army, the mm. robot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely. Anyway, so like I'm I'm enjoying this game a lot. I hope that they are able to iterate on this a little bit and sort of continue this this franchise because it's like kind of weird not abandoned i wouldn't say that but like it's been a while since they've made a new one yeah and clearly the appetite is there i don't think a lot of this is uh like just nostalgia based you know like when i we had played through like the the spyro collection a year or two ago Mm -hmm. and like that game felt very reliant on someone's own nostalgia to like really enjoy it yeah. Of just like, oh yeah, I remember this game and like this part. Cause like some of those mechanics that are kind of rough, like they don't, yeah. they haven't aged incredibly well in no. a world where like 3D platformers have aged and iterated a lot. They've been refined quite a bit. Yeah. Whereas like this game still, like, even if you stripped away the visual layer, it would still be really, really good. The games on the GBA are still really, yeah. really good. And so Absolutely. I don't, 
like I, I I don't think that it's an issue of like or or that the sales can be pointed to just like well everybody liked this and they're a kid and now they're buying it. I think like the game is still very good, and so I hope that they're able to do something with this and carry it forward a little bit because I think there's a lot of room to grow there. I think this is a cool series. That's the same thing I feel about Shadow of the Colossus. You know, oh yeah, yeah. There, there's been no Shadow of the Colossus likes <laughs> since the yeah. game came out, and. You know, I feel like that's part of what makes it still feel so good and fresh, which is fun, right? But like someone, someone could find a way to make this control better. There's got to be a way because the (laughs) controls are still so wonky. That's part of like the charm of this game for sure. Don't get me wrong here. Mm Mm-hmm. But it could be, it could definitely be streamlined and refined this, this process. And I, part of me is like, come on, someone, someone take the lead and and do this and see, and maybe if you fail, you fail. Right. But it would be really interesting to see what could happen with like a modern take on a shadow of the Colossus or also an advanced wars. Right. Because like you said, there's, there's room to improve. There's always room to improve. Right. It's just someone, someone has to take that leap of faith. Like Yuzio. <laughs> no, absolutely. I think you get like parts of Shadow of the Colossus influencing stuff here and there, but it's very, very rarely has it felt sort of the same high highs that the, that that game engages with. Mm-hmm. I think you see people playing with like scale and enemy designs and in, in kind of a similar way every now and then, but not just, sure. yeah, it's none of it's really the same deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I was making a game, I don't know that I would try and emulate Shadow of the Colossus. That oh, seems like a big, totally fair. Yeah. Like it, it just seems like a, such a hard Thing to nail mm-hmm. but somebody could there's plenty of talented game designers and game developers out there true anyway advanced wars reboot camp very good game uh, worth a look if you're interested in that stuff at all I, I i really like it a lot awesome the other game that i played a little bit of in my time in mexico was i tried to get back into parasite eve 2 oh okay a, a little bit of background I played Parasite Eve 1 probably a year or two ago now. And I've, I've obviously like I, I played it a ton when I was a kid. I have a lot of appreciation for that game. And I think it's just like fascinating as a, a look at like what Square was doing in non-Final Fantasy games at the time. Sure. Like every, like so much of it feels like a Final Fantasy game or like a vagrant story or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, in New York in 1999 and you're playing as like a cop with a gun, which, you know. Some parts of that are not great, but uh, I, I, Abrea, uh is, is a great protagonist. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, do with that what you will. So anyway, I, I really, really liked Parasite Eve 1. I think the vibe of it is incredible. It like touches on so much like cosmic horror stuff, some some amount of like body horror in the way that like PlayStation 1 has a, a special ability to do. And I, I just found it like incredible. And uh, after I had finished beating that one, um, I, I jumped into Parasite Eve 2. And the, the last time I experienced it, I just wasn't quite as hot on it as I was expecting to be. Mm-hmm. I'd played Parasite Eve 2 a fair bit when I was younger and, and appreciated it at the time. I thought it was pretty good, but it's like all in all a pretty different game than the first one. Like mechanically, it is not turn-based in the way that the first one is. It's much more like an active uh, action game. Like mm-hmm. it, it controls much more like a, just a third person shooter game. Yeah. Uh, the story is also very different. Like I think it moves away from the cosmic horror stuff and is much more closer to like a Resident Evil game where like you show up at a weird place and there's weird creatures <laughs> and that sort of like eventually devolves into you going into like a very modern looking lab and figuring out what caused all the creatures to be here. I just imagine a pitch meeting for Resident Evil. <laughs> you show up in a weird place and there's weird creatures. <laughs> Got That's a bunch the of game. these weird guys that we're going to show up. The vibe the, uh, is weird 
weird, <laughs> spooky. Has anybody heard of spooky before? Spooky. There's this other guy there that you talk to. He's also weird. He's weird. <laughs> but he's not the biting kind of weird, you know? Yeah, he's just the weird kind of weird. So I, I was hoping to maybe try this game again and see like, maybe it was just that I had played Parasite Eve 1 too recently and I was comparing them too much to one another. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of popped this back in and uh, tried to give it another go. And I'm still kind of in the same spot, unfortunately enough. Sure. Like, I think that there are things to appreciate about it. Uh, I think the game is a lot more interested in like making the combat fun and sort of making mm. that into an RPG because um, I didn't, of course, I didn't realize this when I was a kid, but the game is kind of trying to get you to revisit a bunch of the locations that you go to to get more like BP battle points Ooh. to be able to like upgrade your character and your guns and all that sort of stuff. Like it doesn't have explicit levels in the way that the uh, the last one did. Mm -hmm. It's much more like you've got this much experience and you can spend that experience to upgrade your like, you know, parasite powers or whatever. Parasite powers. It's like a laser beam and you can <laughs> heal yourself and shit like that. <laughs> the powers are a laser beam. That's it's a pretty a video game ass sentence right there. <laughs> you got a laser beam. You got a laser call, beam. I think they call it combustion in this combustion. one. Combustion. It's a laser beam. Right, one of those loves a good laser. Shout I, out Sacramento I mean, Kings. Shout out, shout out the now defeated Sacramento Kings. R.I.P. the Kings. Yeah. Shouts out, guys. So I am mostly, yeah, like I said, I think there's things to appreciate in that it is trying a bunch of different stuff, but I, I still feel like the the vibe of the game is just sort of lacking in a way. And like in hindsight, in the, the daylight of 2023 the games resident evil and parasite eve one are so different and i think that that's mm -hmm. a good thing where i think at in 1999 or whenever i think it was around there that this came out yeah i think they saw that as a bad thing i think that they saw sure. like oh shit we need to drive towards what resident evil was doing because yeah. that game has sold incredibly well mm -hmm. um not to mention like the one of the directors of resident evil one on is working on parasite eve 2 when it's being developed ah like, makes sense it's yeah it, it they're like, well, shit, let's just bring in the people who made Resident Evil. Mm -hmm. And I think you can feel that. I think the combat system is... Uh, reflective that it was built by someone who was critical in building Resident Evil. That said, I, I think that there's there are parts of the combat system that don't feel good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I, I think Resident Evil, the you know the the original, I think three, all of them are using tank controls, and I think a lot of the enemies are built with that in mind. Mm -hmm. the the horror in using tank controls in the Resident Evil game is that you are able to frame what someone is able to see very well yeah, yeah. and so the scary parts are like oh shit I wonder what's around this corner and like oftentimes like, you know the zombies are like shambling and spooky but they're not doing a lot of like they're not really styling on you you know like they're not gonna break your ankles trying to like put up a, a three pointer next to where you are like they're, they're just not, sort these, of these zombies are not playing street ball no no they're just kind of wandering <laughs> towards you and the, like the same thing is true with a lot of the enemies in those games minus maybe be like oh, the, the dogs but most of them are just walking towards you with varying amounts of speed whereas like i think parasite eve there's a bunch of enemies where like you kind of need to maneuver a little bit more and you know like there's a specific enemy i'm thinking about these like horse enemies with like human heads it's horrifying oh, but jesus you to really like fight them properly you need to be able to like move left or right mm -hmm. to dodge out of the way because they usually charge you and if you yeah. can dodge them and there's a wall behind you they'll hit the wall and fall down you can do a lot more damage to them however tank controls don't allow for sideways movement 
you have to sort of like turn your body and run that way. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it feels like the the game is kind of trying to have it both ways of like, we want to have these interesting enemies that you have to think about how to approach in kind of a similar way to the first one, but we're also still going to give you tank controls in this like action game. So I think those two things just don't really suit the game well. Sure. And like I said, just kind of feels like an artifact of them chasing after the trend of, of Resident Evil games sure. being very popular at the time. Sure, sure. And, and also like the the story of the game also feels like they took the spark notes of a Resident Evil game and just sort of slapped it in there, right? Like mm-hmm. I said, show up to a weird place, there's some weird guys, and then you, you go down into a mine, right? And there's a bunch of like... A mine? <laughs> like a very... Uh, Gimli's down there. <laughs> there's a bunch of weird guys down there too, but it's like a lab you know sure so i i I think that if somebody played this game before they played the other one i can see them having an appetite for this game more than i do but i think all in all like it did it just didn't really match the the hope that I was having for it. There there are still a lot of like fun parts about it. I think there there are parts of this game that are very frightening, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. And I think some of the enemy design is like genuinely pretty spooky. But it it just never really reached the highs that the the first one had for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I also like totally fucked up. I'm playing this on the Steam Deck using uh, a, a form of playing PlayStation One games that everybody knows. Wink. <laughs> and some style. Uh, <laughs> And switching discs is always kind of a challenge for oh, me in these games. Sure. And I, I did a real bad boo-boo where whenever I boot up RetroArch, I set it so that it automatically loads whatever save state I had previously used. Mm. And I, I when I was switching the discs, my game crashed. And then oh. I didn't have, I like didn't, I realized it too late essentially. And I accidentally loaded the save state that I had previously, which like Ooh. undid about four hours of Ooh. me playing Parasite Eve, which is a painful this is situation. a gamer nightmare this <laughs> happens my god yeah yeah no. man that's what happens when you switch the disc i just switch the switch. disc switch, switch. <laughs> that, was a, that was a good one that came out of nowhere didn't you it? like that yeah that's good <laughs> anyway yeah i th- i think all in all not a, not a bad game at all but definitely not me m- matching what i was hoping for out of it however in very stark contrast uh-huh. i'm also playing star wars jedi survivor David. Ooh. Uh, are you playing it on PC or are you playing it on console? I'm playing it on PlayStation. <laughs> I'm playing it on PlayStation 5. Okay. Because I heard PC was kind of rough and yeah. like, I've got a good graphics card, but I don't know that I necessarily have the the heft that I would need for this one. The heft. I also find like this kind of game just works pretty well for me on a console. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially if it's like kind of a longer game, like I presume Jedi Survivor is. Not longer like Persona 5 long, but mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm going to be spending some time on the couch with this one. Yeah. So let's see. J- just to start, there's there's a lot of shit like on the internet about this game right now. J- everybody, just chill. Just chill. They're working on it. Just relax. It's fine. <laughs> Deep breath, everyone. It's going to be okay. It's going to be fine. Like it's it's not perfect right now. And like I've experienced a little bit of this. Like it's a little framey here and there the mm. the frame rate dips a little bit sure. a little stuttering a little bit of pop in every now and then of like you know textures far away that aren't there when you need them to be but currently for me none of this has stopped me from playing the game so just chill it'll be fine it's not the sort of thing where like i'm trying to play cyberpunk on launch and i just like can't play the video game yeah it, it's a lot more about like performance and like yeah like it's not great to you know switch it into performance mode expecting 60 frames a second and not do that but like it's fine man like the game is still mostly there you know we've all been in a situation where we haven't performed the way we wanted to so it's true it's okay it's okay it that's fine it happens and like they're they're clearly 
saying like, yeah, we'll, we'll fix this. Just give us some time. So mm-hmm. all that said, uh, talking about the actual game part of it, because like I, I'm just a little bit less interested in the meta conversation about this game because mm-hmm. like the game is actually doing a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. First off, I really liked the last Star Wars Jedi game that they put out. I, I thought it was really fun. I loved the, the turn towards the Dark Soulsy kind of game. Mm-hmm. I, I, I also know that it like really wasn't for some people, which at the time I was kind of surprised about. Like I, I thought it would be kind of a universal hit, but I, I found a lot of people didn't really like this style of game. And I, I think I understand that a little bit more this time coming through, but I will say like I, I, most of it is still landing for me pretty well. Mm-hmm. They have updated a lot of stuff about this game. So let me see where to start. It, I think it's been like five years in this game since the the end of the last one. Okay. And they really drop you in kind of in, what is that phrase? In Medias Res or whatever. Oh, sure. Uh, in the middle of in, something. Yeah. Yeah. In the middle of shit. And like, I think that that's a fun way to introduce this game. Like of just like things are different and let's figure out like what has happened in, in the subsequent five years or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think all, all the stuff that they're doing with like the story and why the state of the world is the way that it is, is working really well. The, the first game story I thought was like, okay. Right. Like, yeah, I, I don't think there's anything really groundbreaking going on there. No. And it was also like fairly well trodden territory for a star Wars story right like kid who was force sensitive and was being trained ran into tragedy and now has to struggle to become a jedi right like that that's a we've heard that one before yes yeah absolutely and like not that that's bad i'm like i'm not a star wars freak you know like i'm not the 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 craziest about star wars but i like i enjoy star wars as a property right like Uh uh-huh I've enjoyed most of the shit that they've put out and like <laughs> not a Star Wars freak, but a Star Wars enjoyer. Yes. Yeah. Like the stuff that is good, I can find enjoyment in. And even some of the stuff that like people don't think is good, you know, right? Like I don't, I don't hate a lot of the cringe millennial dialogue in the last couple Star Wars movies. That was fine. It's millennial know? dialogue. What does that mean? Like the, all the sort of like Marvel style writing of like winking at the camera and did that just happen? That just happened. All that sort of stuff. <laughs> Um, that's millennial writing is that what is that how that's yeah known? i think so i think that's kind of what it's uh, coming down i don't want to be I, known for that <laughs> i know it sucks right because like there was a time when that worked for me but it you know it's it it's a little grating but it's regardless little, yeah trite yeah regardless it's it it i don't hate a lot of that stuff and like the, i i would say the first you know four five six are an incredibly important movie series to me i loved the sort of everything in there and i also watched those movies with my mom and my grandparents mm. and like had just an incredible time doing that. I remember that very vividly. Yeah. Um, we had like uh, pushed out like a futon in the middle of the living room to like watch those movies at nighttime, which is just like solid. Great, great time. Really uh-huh. had a good time with that one. I don't think my grandparents absorbed a lot of Star Wars. A lot of time was, who's that? What did he say? So I don't think that they really were, you know, that's big. part of the experience. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was part of the ambiance, mm-hmm. um, but I, I liked them quite a bit. So anyway, uh, I, I, I didn't, I wasn't crazy about the, the, the story in the first one, but I think that they're already doing a lot more. I also seem to like Cal Kestis in this one, oh. which is, I, I felt nothing about Cal Kestis in the first game. Yeah. He, he was like the most, one of the most neutral main characters I've experienced yes. in a while. Like not he bad, like, but not like, no. not someone who I was like actively rooting for either, which is interesting. <laughs> I, it's it, Cal Kestis is me drinking a room temperature cup of water when I'm kind of thirsty. Like <laughs> it's there and I appreciate that it's there, but like there's, this could be done a lot better. 
I know we could be we could we could spice this up with like a little like I don't know lemon 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 twist in here or something some a different uh, temperature a different temperature maybe put some ice in there you know then you're really cooking with some with some water at that point (laughs) but they like I like what they've done with him in this one he's he's more compelling to me seems like he's struggling a little bit more Mm. and like I I am much more interested in the light side user struggles with what is morally okay mm. as story like, i like that uh, like a lot uh, more like what was that that star wars game you played recently um uh jedi outcast jedi outcast yeah right yes yeah with kyle katarn kyle katarn 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 i think yeah cheeked up <laughs> oh my god yeah thick king <laughs> so yeah i i like that story a lot more because i think that is a lot more relatable and uh it it takes a, a little bit away from like I'm a fanciful space wizard that has cool powers to like, am I doing what is right? Cause that's, I, I, yeah. I can, I can empathize with trying to do what's right and not uh-huh. always knowing I can't empathize with being a space wizard. That's not yes. as easily for me to put my, myself into. Yeah. It makes it more interesting. Cause that, at that point you're getting more into like, I don't know, just relatable territory. Kind of like how Spider-Man's always dealing with responsibility of power. Like what are yeah. you supposed to do? Yeah. As opposed to all the movies where it's just so cut and dry, good versus evil. I like that in yeah, the yeah. games and other media, they explore the morality of it all and how people, yeah. people struggle with this stuff yeah makes makes them feel a lot more human to me mm-hmm. so yeah I, I sort of appreciate what what they're showing cal going through and also like having jumped a fair bit of time into the future like it seems like there is a lot that has happened and you're kind of being fed what happened in those five years kind of slowly and i i like that a lot mm-hmm. i think if you just told this game straight through you know this then this then this it wouldn't be quite as effective as like, here's where Cal is five years in and we're going to give you a little bit of what happened, but you're already seeing how he's acting. It's different, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I think like just the, on, on the surface of that, I, I, I like what they're doing with him a lot more. Let's see. The world design is really good. Nice. The, you sort of like the first level or so is very much like showing you, I think it's on Coruscant. And uh, it, it's clear that like you're probably not going to be here for that long. This is very much like the first level world. But the the second place you get to is much more like kind of a hub area. Mm-hmm. And I love what they're doing there. The The first one was it felt like there was a lot of like this is a level and this is a level and there's, you know, this spot and that spot. And it was a lot more like bespoke. Mm-hmm. But the the world that they have here is a lot more open. Which is really, really nice. I, I think the... God, what's the name of the ship in this one? It's like the Viper or the the Mantis, I think is what it is. Mm. The Mantis in the first one sort of served as your home base. Yeah. And that's where you would go back and get like story beats and sort of updates on the characters that you care about. But in this one, they have... Uh, the Mantis is still there, but the, the home base that you have is like a lot more grounded of a place. Okay. I, I don't want to get too much into it for fear of like spoiling a little bit. But point being, like there is a place that you can return to very often and people on your travels that you run into, you can be like, Hey, come and hang out at this place. It's fine there. And you can like have a life and they'll be like, all right, cool. And so you see a bunch of these characters that you run into, like in this place that you're kind of building up Nice. in this, like almost sort of like Western town. I feel like there's a lot of like allusions to it being kind of an old West place, which is, it's cool. I I think the visuals and like the vibe there are really cool. 
yeah, I, I think that's all really great. The, the, the world is also just like, like I said, a lot more open than the last one. There's so many places to go and so much like, you know, so many corners to go explore. Mm-hmm. And I think that that serves a Star Wars world really well. I don't remember a Star Wars game ever being quite as like expansive as this, as far as like the places that you can go check out, which is neat. Like, I, I think a lot of the time Star Wars games are much more focused on telling a single story in a single way and having you go from one point A to point B. And that's like it, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, obviously there's a story being told here, but there's a lot of room to just like go wander and explore and check out what's every behind every nook and cranny and shit like that. Yeah. Nice. Which is really, really, really great. I I, I just find the world really like pretty and expansive and they've also really nailed like the Star Wars of it all. Like mm-hmm. it feels like it's in a Star Wars universe, which is in some ways a hard thing to do and also like maybe not a hard thing to do. Like sure. it's hard to nail that, but yeah. I, I'm glad that they've, they've put the world in place that they have. Nice. Um, I also love that like weirdly Star Wars is kind of an accepting property to just make a new alien race. <laughs> sure. Which is awesome. Like I love whenever there's just like, here's this weirdo that you're going to like love. <laughs> um, shouts out to my boy Turgle, who is the best character Turgle? in any, in any Star Wars game. Yes. I need to see this Turgle. He's voiced by Raz from Psychonauts. Oh, damn. He is the best. I love Turgle. I go and talk to him anytime that I can. I need every inch of dialogue that this guy has. That's a weird yeah. little guy. <laughs> it's a weird little guy. Um, and he's just, <laughs> he's great. He's really, really good. You like save his life mm-hmm. uh, in, in the first like part of the game. Again, in a very like wild west way he's like gets thrown out of a bar and there's people who are going to kill him and then you show up kind of behind everybody and fight them uh it's it's great it's really fun solid i i will also say that the music is astounding Mm. it's really good and like i i i just don't remember it being quite as uh effective in the first one they've clearly got like some kind of full orchestra or something and it just it sounds incredible i most of the time when i'm playing like god damn this is really like setting the mood correctly nice in a way that i just don't remember the first one doing Oh yeah. And there's also just like, uh, it's yeah. And it's good in this one. I I think good Star Wars music can really like set you in the right space, Mm -hmm. pun intended to like play, play the game. So it's just, it's, it's really, really great. I will also say that like the relationship between Marin, did you play the first game all the way through? Yeah, I beat it. Yeah. So the relationship between Marin and Cal in this one is really, really cool. Marin's the Jedi who like turned away from the force, right? No, that's uh, Seer, I think is how you say her name. Uh, Marin was like the, the person who you ran into who was using like the kind of other form of magic. She was like part of like, what is that? The dark sisterhood or something like that? Uh, Matriarchy. I think so. Yeah. The relationship between her and Cal is just like very sweet in a way that I don't know that I really see in a lot of other media. It's clear that like they sort of have beef, but like when they run into each other again in this game, it's like very much the 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 emphasis is not on like will they won't they sort of thing. It's like there's a sweetness between these two people that I, I find really nice. Mm-hmm. It was just sort of unexpected. Like I expect any sort of romantic relationship in a video game to be like a will they won't they or these people are mad at each other, but then they're going to be, you know, all over each other. And it wasn't that it was yeah. just like, Hey, it's good to see you. And like, I missed you. And we've got a lot of shit to clearly do. And like, there's clearly something that happened between everybody, but like, it's, you know, I'm happier around again, which mm-hmm. is just like, it's so nice. I, I was not expecting that to be like as kind of nuanced as the, as they've portrayed it. What else? Uh, it feels fucking good to swing a lightsaber, man. Like just at the bottom oh, of this, like yeah. they, they, 
They have nailed swinging a lightsaber. Absolutely. It feels great. It really, the movement in this one really reminds me of like a Sly Cooper almost. Ooh. Where there is a a similar level of like kind of floatiness that Cal has similar to Sly. Yeah, bounciness. I think it's probably a better word. And and I really appreciate that. They're doing a lot of stuff in, in the movement that makes it feel so much fun. Like just extended sequences where you're like, okay, I'm going to jump off this wall on a wall run over here in a Prince of Persia, Persia ass way. Nice. I'm going to pull this rope over with the force, swing on that, go on this other thing over here. Mm-hmm. It, like, it starts to feel like a platformer in a way that it's, is actually significant. Mm-hmm. And I really, really appreciate that. <laughs> There's also these optional sort of like platforming sections where it feels so much like those sections in uh, like Mario Sunshine. Mm. where you go into like a weird other world and have to go through like kind of a tough area Mm -hmm. or anything like that where any other mario game where there's like these optional side areas where you just have to kind of like get good at jumping good enough yeah there was one that's like i swear is straight out of super mario 3d world where there's a big like wall of uh maybe a laser or something i'm not sure that <laughs> the lasers it takes again. up lasers again it takes up uh half of the right side of the screen or half of the left side of the screen and it swaps whenever you jump which i again i swear is out of a mario game uh-huh and so you're having to like traverse this area and pay attention to like i need to jump at the correct time to make sure that the laser isn't about to like go past me and kill me mm-hmm. which is just like it, I, I i didn't expect it to be in this game and i'm really appreciative that it is i think it adds a lot to it yeah i have heard people complain about that part that they're not really into it and i understand like it's not the sublime sort of mario jumping stuff that yeah. i think you would find in a mario game but i i, I found it really fun to to go through those spots I, th- I think it's been kind of a blast yeah it's it's interesting i i've seen some heat online for this game um at like outside of the sort of like performance stuff mm-hmm. i think that you know some people are complaining that it's like kind of like too much like a Zelda game, which really strikes me as a weird thing to complain about. Yeah, um, maybe it's just like not somebody's tea, but uh, yeah, it's I like I the, in in a lot of the sections, it's like it goes from sort of being an uncharted thing where you're climbing through areas and you know just traversing a space to a little bit more of a Zelda thing where there's a little bit of a puzzle you got to figure out. And like I, I get it if that's not necessarily your jam. Mm-hmm. But I, I, for me personally, all that stuff is really, really working. Yeah, I, I think this is a great game. It is like, I, I'm so happy that they iterated on that first one because they clearly had like the game, the core of that game down so tight. At this point, it feels like they're kind of just like honing that in and flexing the world building and the characters and taking you to all these like really cool spots in the Star Wars universe. So uh-huh. I'm, I, I think it's really great. I'm, I'm really, really enjoying this game. Nice. And like, I'm sure... I'm sure all the, you know, bugs will get ironed out. I, it is not, like I said, it is not the cyberpunk 2077 sort of like bugs. It's a lot more of like the frame rate kind of sucks right here. Yeah. You know, Cal's head is in a weird position right now when he's using this, this weapon. All right. That's fine. They can, they can fix that. And anyway, this will bring me to my optimistic thing because it relates to all this. Mm -hmm. It is the sheer amount of dress up you get to play in this game Mm. and really in any game. Yeah. For whatever reason. And I'm enjoying it, but Jedi Survivor has decided to just go all in on letting you fuck with Cal's image <laughs> in every way possible. I've seen this. Oh my God. It's so, so good. Uh, they let you change his hair, his beard, his, his shoes, his top, his 
ants. Uh, you can customize the colors on BD1 or your any of your weaponry. Yeah, man, they let you serve looks in this fucking game. Like, they really let you dress him up. I've sort of got Cal dressed up as just, like, a weird Jedi sicko who's, like, got the whole, like, Qui-Gon Jinn sort of bun. He's got a big uh-huh. old beard right now. Just looking real Jedi-ish. Like, gotcha. he's been out there thinking about the Force A for wandering a monk. Yes, yeah. Uh, which I really love and allows me to do a little bit of interpreting on who Cal is. Sure. Because, like, you can still have him be that, you know, fresh-faced, bright-eyed, and bushy-tailed boy but i kind of like the interpretation that he's like a little bit more weathered now Mm -hmm. god yeah i i love i love being able to play dress up in any fucking video game hell yeah just let me let me have a cool clothes that i get to put on Mm -hmm. it took a while for games to do that i feel like for a while they were just like you get the one outfit and that's it yeah but like there's a period of time where like even if i could just see the difference in what my sword looked like oh i was like that's great that's a huge difference so shouts out shouts out to being able to uh customization shirt beautiful (laughs) do you have something fueling your sense of optimism david yeah chase it's a nice poison swamp Oh, wow. Am, am I talking to Miyazaki right now? Is that the. You're is talking that, is to he... Mr. Miyazaki himself. Miyazaki san mm-hmm. himself. Love a swamp. <laughs> love, love I, I'm really putting my optimistic glasses on for this one. I do feel like a good poison swamp really makes you play a specific way and challenges you in a specific way mm-hmm. in the game. And then it also, when you get to a spot that's not poison swamp and killing you, it feels so nice. It yeah. feels so nice. There are a few things that feel nicer than being on a nice little small tiny little island in this in this swamp of just nasty butt Mm -hmm. uh, and you're not dying yes actively right Mm. it is there is something homey about it there's there are very few things that feel as comforting in a video game as a spigot of non-poison land in a poison (laughs) land it's true so thank you thank you miyazaki for for giving me this experience (laughs) yeah really crushing it with that one (laughs) but no i do like it. it it is it has just become a funny I, I don't know i feel like he he does it on purpose just be like hey it's me yes. it's me again miyazaki <laughs> here here's your poison swamp so i it is something that you kind of look forward to in these games like all right where, where's the swamp where's mm-hmm. the poison swamp because it's coming gotta save all my poison reducing items for then can't use any of them anytime before then because it's gonna be bad <laughs> when i yeah. get there but there there is just something interesting in how he's able to make it feel different each time he gives you a little spin on every uh, every time that you do it um in dark souls 3 there's swamp that goes up to your knees and you have to just wade through it very slowly very very slowly (laughs) it's it's really it's really rough sometimes but you got to think it makes you have to think uh in a specific way which i do appreciate (laughs) yeah no i'm with you miyazaki has been on record so many times of just being like i love making these fucking nasty swamps man (laughs) there is a it's a very specific style of gameplay that you have to engage in when you're in these swamps you have to manage a lot of stuff there was uh there's this interview that he i uh, just pulled this up i think it was in 2022 he said uh in terms of how the player feels when they encounter this area that is a different story but when making the game this is about elden ring mm-hmm. i discovered my love for po- making poison swamps or sorry rediscovered my love for making poison swamps said i know how people feel about them but you know suddenly i realize i'm in the middle of making one and i just can't help myself it just happens so like my my boy just can't stop <laughs> the swamp is in his heart <laughs> yeah have we, sing uh, me the swamp of your heart have we ever seen miyazaki and shrek in the same room i don't think so i don't think so i yeah. don't think so it is his swamp it is a swamp yeah no i'm with you it's uh, does definitely takes a certain appreciation to appreciate a swamp, but I feel it. 
I feel it. Yeah. It feels it feels right in a Miyazaki game at this point. This calling card, you could say. Well, hey, do you want to move on to our main thing, Dave? Yeah, let's do it. Hey, David. Hey, Chase. It's Good Games. It's the segment where we talk about the okayest games of yesteryear and gush all the things that we love about them. Uh, we're back. We're back. This feels like a nice, a warm blanket hug, this segment, once again. It's been a while. It's been a bit. I know. I know. And uh, we're coming back with a bang, with kind of a bigger game than I say, or that we typically cover. Yeah, this is uh, definitely, yeah, more more game than we usually cover in this in this segment. We are talking about Darksiders 1, uh, just Darksiders, I think, mm-hmm. in, in this segment. And this was uh, suggested to us by listener Murray. Thank you, Murray. Yeah, thanks, Murray. They suggested this one uh, a little while ago, but I was I was interested to do this, this game. Had you, had you played this game at all, like when it came out? I had never played this game, but I'd heard of it. I'd played like the first hour or so oh really yeah i had gotten up until the point where you fight whoever's guarding sam samael or whatever yeah and then i think pretty much stopped which is like considerably before the better part of this game starts happening there's a lot going on in this game there is kind of a lot um which we will get into but can i hit you with a few hot stats about this game please hot stats hot stats so Darksiders, the, the original game, came out January 5th of 2010, 20, or not 20, uh, 13 years ago now, mm. uh, a, a bit. Yeah. Um, I had played this on Xbox 360. I think it also came out on PlayStation 3. It's been re-released on like a bunch of consoles. This one's yeah. like pretty available. I didn't realize how many times it had been re-released. Yeah, kind of a lot. Yeah. It There, there was a, a re was it re-Warmastered or remastered or something Warhammer like that? Warhammer edition? <laughs> yeah, Warhammer 40k version. <laughs> no, but they've put it out a, a couple times and I I had t- texted you that, hey, it's on PlayStation after I realized that after I had bought it on the Switch. Mm-hmm. And the Switch famously is like, hey, sorry, bro, you, you broke it, you buy it. So I just stuck with it and played it on Switch, which I will say like it ran fine on Switch, which I, I really did not have an issue with. Yeah. No, and I think it's a, it's actually kind of a good Switch game. I have it. I got it on Switch as well. Oh, cool, nice. Yeah, no, I I agree. It it, it works pretty well on the Switch. Like mm-hmm. you can really jump in and jump out. Yeah. It was made by this company called Vigil Games, which really only made this and Darksiders two, and then they got like kind of rolled into a bunch of different teams. Mm. The the team that managed the remaster is this team called Kaiko. So. A, a, a different company handled the remaster but yeah the v- vigil games was mostly this and darksiders 2 which came out yeah i think it was a couple years after this one yeah they had like had this whole plan to cover the the story of not only the horsemen war but the uh, the other three horsemen as well which i think they got to three of them and then sort of four of them but i don't think it went quite to plan how they were hoping yeah to. so yeah let's see i also have a review Mm-hmm. I think it's from Joe Video. Joe I didn't Video. write it down, but we're we're gonna say that this one's from Joe Video. Here we go. I I I the, they they are an outlet out of France, and I have taken their review, translated it into English, and then a bunch of other languages, one mm-hmm. into the other, and eventually arriving back into English. Citations be damned. Citations be damned. Who cares? Mm-hmm. This is about the art. <laughs> So uh, let me let me read you what they had to say about Darksiders One. Striking a balance between content and style. Whistle Games has given us a pure action-adventure adventure. Balanced, sweet, bright, angry. The effects of the title create a lot of emotions. Princess of Persia, God of War, The Legend of Zordo, Portal, and many other series have constantly added to the regenerative power of Dark Blood. Eclectic also promotes the concept of bigger, better, longer. Never satisfied. Do what you want. THQ games are like the stars in the sky. Hopefully players will follow suit, leading to the possibility of a sequel. 
we are already shaking. And I didn't write down what they gave that one, but we wow. can, we can we guess. Can sort of, we can guess. Yeah, we, we can guess. Bigger, faster, longer. <laughs> I know. They had that in quotes. So I'm assuming that they're like referencing something, but I'm not totally positive, to be honest. Is it like, I mean, it sounds like the, the Air Force motto. <laughs> Bigger, better, longer. The U.S. Navy. <laughs> That sounded like like a like a fast food commercial for some reason. The way you said that, <laughs> Carl's Jr. We have the four horsemen. <laughs> it's just combined Carl's Jr. and Arby's. Yeah, I, I don't know what I'm doing here, man. But anyways, nicely done. I also liked Zordo. Legend Zordo, of Zordo. Yeah, the Legend of Zordo, my favorite game. Hey, can you tell me uh, what Darksiders One is? Uh, yeah, Darksiders One is a hack and slash video game, third person, that has elements of a lot of other games in it. It's it's bones and its structure for most of the most of the game is like a Zelda game where you have like dungeons that have little puzzles in it that you have to solve to go through. Mm-hmm. The combat is more akin to like a God of War. The traversal is more akin to like a mixture of God of War and Prince of Persia, like the like Joe video was saying. Yeah. Uh, and then you have other little smatterings of games throughout. Like there's this one section where you're flying on a on a hippogriff of some sort i think mm-hmm. and it's kind of like panzer dragoon yeah orda yeah. right and then in the end of the game there's something like portal so there's a lot there's a lot going on in this game <laughs> but you take the role of war of the four horsemen mm-hmm. and it is essentially the apocalypse right so heaven and hell are fighting against each other and humanity is caught in the middle yeah there is some there's some lighthearted fuckery that goes on that makes a lot of that makes war have to then prove his innocence in starting the <laughs> apocalypse of some sort. And then you get attached to Mark Hamill uh, and <laughs> yeah. you you go on your merry adventure. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. The, the like tone of the game, I will say, is very of its era. Feels very 2010. Yes. War is just like grumbling the whole time about innocence and I uh, uh, I need to heed the call and all this shit. Yeah, but um, like, but speaking like a Shakespearean actor too. Yeah, it's all very so. It's 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 pretty bizarre too, especially in the wake of playing God of War twenty eighteen. Mm-hmm. Like when I was playing this, I was like, "Are you going to regret this war? Are you going to regret the way that you showed up in these times?" Mm. But I I think the game is very. It is telling you not to look at it quite that hard. No, I think you're just supposed to be like, "Yeah, yeah, it's it's ridiculous and silly," and that's. The game. I, I hit them with my big sword. I did good. Yes. A lot of voice acting talent in this one. There's a lot of people in here. Truly. Yeah. I was, I was a little shocked. I, I mean, I think I didn't realize it at the time, like who was in here, but certainly hearing Mark Hamill, I was like, Hey, that's uh, I know that voice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Immediately. I'm like, Oh, he's doing yeah. like the Joker. <laughs> and he's doing a great job. He's I really like, I, I love the, uh, I think the watcher is the name of the character he plays. Yeah. Essentially this like little ghoul who follows you around, uh, to keep you in check from uh what is it the, the, the charred council yes exactly the people who like are kind of in charge of letting the, the apocalypse uh, <laughs> yeah they they were i guess like came into be to try and keep heaven and hell from like destroying the world exactly in fighting each other mm-hmm. um which that's a fun concept i like it that is lore. yeah I, I did enjoy the lore in this game it's like so over the top in a way that like is very 2010s games but i think is also fun it's pretty ridiculous absolutely and the lore definitely reminded me of it trying to be like a god of war like very intense mythology yes. backgrounds big yeah. characters that you've heard of before and like i don't know bible study class right <laughs> yeah so yeah it was it was fun it was fun yeah so let me see mark hamill was in there troy baker of course he I mean, if you make a game, Troy Baker shows up at your house asking you if you need a voiceover. So <laughs> sort of the, the default so, there. Can I have some work, please? <laughs> I think he plays Abaddon in this one. Um, yeah. Phil Lamar plays Volgrim, which is pretty sick. Mm-hmm. Liam O'Brien is the guy who plays War. I think that was the most, most of the people that I recognized by name. 
Yeah. But yeah, pretty, pretty wild voice cast. It seems like in playing this, I was like, it seems like there was a lot of money that was put into this game, especially at the time. I It, it felt like they were kind of planning for a lot for, for like this game to be a hit. Yeah. Um, and I would say it wasn't a hit, but I, I don't think it was maybe the, the huge game that they were expecting. It wasn't it a be. smashing success. No, no. Anyway, what do you, what do you think about this one? What, what were your thoughts when you were playing through it? I enjoyed this game. Um, yeah. It is a good, it's a good hack and slash game. There's uh, mm-hmm. the, the, the combat feels weighty. Uh-huh. It feels good to hit things with the sword. Yeah. Uh, it's challenging enough to make you honest. You can't just go up and just smash buttons. You got to kind of go back, go forth, dodge, yeah. block a little bit, use some different moves to clear out some enemies. So you're definitely not just pressing one button the whole time. Mm-hmm. If you are, you're going to die quite a bit. Has some good special abilities that really were were quite strong and useful most of the time. Yeah. Loved, loved blasting the horn. The horn oh was my a God, good yeah, one. I love the horn blast. Love the horn blast. I <laughs> oh, love me a good horn. That's another optimistic thing. A good horn. Just a great time blasting yeah. the horn. And then uh, the voice acting was good. The story was fun. The lore, mm-hmm. I love it. Very yeah. dramatic. Exceptionally dramatic game. Definitely trying to take from, you know, the 2010s. Like, I think a lot of things were influenced by God of War at that point. Yeah, for sure. At least as far as this style of game is concerned. And just had some pretty cool, fun moments and visuals. I, th- I was actually pretty impressed by just like the design of a lot of the enemies and the mm-hmm. world in general, kind of this post apocalyptic New York, I'm guessing. Yeah. With just, you know, just a lot of small details that made it seem believable and engaging and not just like they plastered, you know, a, 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 a apocalypse skin over New York City. Like they had some thought put into these worlds that you were traversing through. Yeah. Which was which was good. I I, I I found myself quite enjoying this game. Yeah, totally. I was interested to see what was in this game because I had seen it described as a Zelda like game for a while, and I yeah. was like, I don't know what people are talking about when they're saying that. Right. And that was really just a consequence of me having not gotten to like the dungeon part of this game. Mm-hmm. And like to be fair, it does take a while. Like, yeah, you have to like do the intro level where like Earth is being invaded. Uh, you know, hundreds of years before the actual game takes place. Yeah. And then it gets you in there and then you go back to the world and then like you meet up with Volgrum, the like a uh, demon man. And then he like gives you the horn. You have to move some people and like do some side quests. And then finally you get to like an actual dungeon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for me, that's when the game sort of like came into itself and was like, oh, I see why people like this. Yeah. It. it I, I think the, the finesse that you see in Zelda dungeons is here in mm-hmm. this game. Just really, really quality stuff of this 3d kind of space where there's a bunch of rooms and it almost plays out like a metroidvania where a lot of doors are locked and you have to figure out like okay where's the ones i can go through Mm -hmm. and then you know follow that down somewhere oop i got locked in a room and there's a guy with a boomerang in here yeah if i beat him then i get the boomerang Mm -hmm. and now i can you know go and do a bunch of other shit now but this is Um, a boomerang with like five blades on it. with blades absolutely (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but most of the dungeons all played out like that, where in very typical Zelda style, you come into a new place, you can't get into a bunch of areas, and then mm-hmm. the game sort of forces you to like figure out how to do it, and then yeah. gives you a new item some yeah. somewhere in there. Satisfying way to do a game, honestly. totally. Yeah, and like I think in in modern day, you see this applied to most of like the world of a game, right? Like mm-hmm. in in Jedi Survivor, I think that there are a lot of tendencies in there, and and in Darksiders, where there's a bunch of areas that you can't get to initially, and it's sort of inviting you to come back here once you have a a different set of skills. Sure. But in in this game, and I think in Zelda games at, at large, or at least the ones sort of pre 
Breath of the Wild, this is the 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 structure of those games that you would see. And I think it works really well. Like I I think that there is a really satisfying loop that you can get into there. I was like fine with the combat. Like it it, it wasn't blowing my socks off, but at no point was I having a bad time with it. Yeah, um, absolutely. It's goes in the camp of just just engaging enough. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um so that was that was cool. I uh uh when Murray had suggested this game, they'd mentioned like hey the the first hour is kind of a god of war clone just like push through if you can yeah i'm really glad that they mentioned that because damn yeah that is very true Mm -hmm. i only had played the first hour and was like huh that game was all right yeah speaking of which i'd I'd asked murray to send us in their their points about this game and uh they'd said i'd said hey do you want to you know include any thoughts or he'd said i i remember playing this on 360 and playing it on the hardest difficulty for the all caps gamer score and having a bad time with the combat. I I can imagine this game is pretty tough on, on the I would hardest think so. difficulty. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, they said, if I remember correctly, my copy came with an art book, and I was really blown away with the level of art direction in the game. Uh, it felt pretty clear that they were building up to a larger franchise, but I haven't touched any of the other games in the series to say if that went well or not. Uh, maybe the height of, quote, just play the first hour and then it gets good, trust me. Hmm. Um, which... I have to agree with like I, I I typically don't say this, but I would call the first hour of this game like all approaching bad, not mm. because it's like dissatisfying or terrible, but it's like really unrepresentative of what the rest of the game is going to be like. Sure. And like the rest of the game is good. And so it is they kind of put a weird foot forward where I think that they were hoping to rely on spectacle in yeah. a way that God of War also was relying Absolutely. on at the time, but it, it kind of, in hindsight, it doesn't age nearly as well. I'd say it was kind of, I don't know if I'd say bad, but it was just a little, yeah. a little dull. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. At uh, least misrepresentative yeah. is maybe a better word. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. How far did you get in this game, by the way? I got through the first dungeon. Okay, cool. There's a lot of shit in here. There's a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. I think I got through the third dungeon. Mm-hmm. You get your horse back at some point, and the game really Ooh. owns after you get your horse. You get a horse? I need to keep playing this game, I think. On- honestly, it's well worth it. That, weirdly enough, the boss of that area very much plays out like a Shadow of the Colossus boss, where there's like I this giant sandworm that you're trying to fight you have to be on your horse to fight it and it'll every now and then come out of the sand and you have to shoot it with your gun good horse combat yeah very very fun they actually do make pretty good horse combat because you can like lock onto the enemy without really losing control of your horse all that much mm-hmm. um, which is very cool um i will say there are so many controls in this game <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot going on there are so many every button does something else there's always like a weird button combo to do another thing i, I was about to say it's not just every button does something but like weird button combinations do different things <laughs> that are just yeah makes no sense like there was one was like l and zr together does something like why 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 (laughs) what other game does this yeah no i was getting pretty blowed up by by the controls like i had to think every time i needed to go into like the first person kind of view that you use to throw the boomerang i was like how do i do it how do i go into that mode (laughs) same it really need you really need a pro controller for this game you need some back paddles (laughs) i I needed back paddles i I also think like maybe this the joy cons are not the place to play this no it like doesn't control horribly well on there what not bad but like the first person stuff like i was kind of challenged to do to do that very well uh, yeah i agree but didn't really no, again none of that really detracted it, didn't ruin it. it. Was, it just no, made it no. a little felt quirky made it feel yeah, quirky it was much harder to yeah get all get all the way through mm-hmm. yeah this is good it, it very much feels like the like murray was saying i think that the the design of it was very considered i i know that like 
this style of game and this style of art, I don't think has quite come around to being able to be appreciated, at least not by me yet, mm-hmm. in the way that like something in 2005, I kind of get some ch- some charm off playing some of that stuff. Sure. But it's still so mired in sort of the 2010, like, this game is serious for serious gamers and it's really for <laughs> tough guys and stuff like that. <laughs> And like, I don't think any of it's like, you know, the worst toxic masculinity shit ever, but like the, I I think it's, it all feels very silly. I think in hindsight, which isn't a bad thing, right? Uh I think it's, it's just all kind of ridiculous, but, but the, I I will say like Mario's saying, the art style feels very considered. Everything feels like in universe and canonical and none of it feels disjointed, which is, is, it's a cool thing. The art was cool. I did, I did like the the world that they had created for this game yeah. was was visually striking and interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and it definitely is just big tough guy fights other big <laughs> tough guys, some who are just more evil and less righteous than this other <laughs> kind of mean but but righteous tough guy that you're playing as. <laughs> I love that war is like kind of taking the place of like almost a, a stringent bureaucrat in this. Like he's like, <laughs> dude, why was I called here? The, you you aren't following the proper paperwork know, the, someone, for the horseman not doing to the right here. protocol right here. <laughs> yeah, we didn't have a meeting about this, which is pretty incredible. And like, <laughs> of course, there's a reason for that, right? But it's it's sort of hilarious that he's like, I'm pissed off that we didn't go through the proper channels mm-hmm. to make this happen. War's all about the the rules, man. The rules of war. Let's see what else about this game. I, I think it, it every dungeon sort of introduces like a new mechanic, like we we're saying, and I think that mm-hmm. that's really cool. Um, I, I, it takes a lot of like ingenuity to figure out like what is one thing that we can introduce here that will still make this game fun, and we can like layer onto itself because like most of them are used in other dungeons, right? Like the little boomerang thing is used a lot. You mm-hmm. use the horse after you get that. There's like this little like time like chrono thing you get from Ooh, Samuel, where like. Good you if you hit something with your boomerang these like little time blobs then time slows down a bit so like if you have a door that closes really quickly you can hit it and then run and you'll get under there before it closes that sort of stuff which is it's pretty cool i like that a lot i didn't get to it but i also saw the uh the portal stuff which is pretty neat they 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 threw the kitchen sink in this game which i appreciated <laughs> which is also surprising i like when did portal one come out 2007 okay yeah well, I was going to say it felt like it was around the same time, but I guess that's three years later. They could have been taking some inspiration there. Absolutely. Absolutely. That was, such a, that was a great game. Is it really yeah. been that long since Portal 1 came out? God. Yeah, 2007. Portal Ooh. 2 was 2011. Portal 2 feels like wildly recent, but apparently not. Sure ain't. Phenomenal games. Those ones are astounding. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Do you have anything else to say about Darksiders? I I. I enjoyed this one quite a bit. Uh, I was really pleasantly surprised by this. Um, I'd heard about this game. I always thought the the idea of playing as a four horse of the apocalypse was a cool way to mm-hmm. cr- make a game setting, right? Uh, yeah. And yeah. it delivered. It was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. Uh, a, a much bigger game, and I will say, like this one was reviewed pretty well at the time. Mm-hmm. And so, like I, I think the the good games of it all is just like what parts of this have aged well and not aged well. Mm-hmm. And I think some of the stuff that was, you know, being heralded at the time of like, this is why this game is good, sort of the, the cinematic parts of it and uh, the combat systems. I don't know that everything there has aged particularly incredibly, but like yeah. the the level design and the, the dungeon design has just like, it feels incredibly fresh still. Yeah, the, the bones of the game have aged well, maybe not yeah. like the 
I don't know the not 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 like the extra bits, but the parts that are not just the gameplay itself. Yeah, maybe have yeah. an age as well. Which like if you're gonna choose something, I would definitely choose the 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 architecture and the yeah the base part of the game because like that that stuff I think it will it's pretty ageless, right? Like I think Absolutely. that'll be good in five years. It'll be good in ten, unless somebody comes along and really blows the ocarina of time style of zelda game out of the water or whatever there you go anyway gaming you know what a thing what a thing (laughs) games uh well cool thanks for your suggestion murray this is this is a cool one played a lot of this game yeah that was fun Hello gamers and friends and non-gamers too. Welcome to the outro. It's me, your friend Chase, and I'm here to guide you through. Uh, If you want to uh, talk to us on the internet or see what games we've covered or suggest a game, you can do that at podtimism.com. I uh, realized there was a handful of episodes that didn't have the games mentioned, which is where our website is pulling from as a data source to like see what games we've played. So I'm running through those last few to really round out what games we've played. So you should be able to search almost our entire backlog at this point. Kudos to you, Chase, for doing that. Oh, yeah, no, it's, it's fine. It's just a process of skipping through our old episodes and trying to figure out what game we're talking about at any given moment. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of Hades and Rocket League, as it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome on that one. Honestly, it makes for a lot easier of a process because I'm like, yes, David is still playing Rocket League. Okay, still playing Hades. <laughs> and then I'm like, what the fuck is Trial of Fire? When did I play that game? I have no memory <laughs> of this. You always come out with the with the deep cuts. Yeah, to, to my own demise, apparently. Yeah. Let's see. So yeah, uh, all that's at podtimism.com. Uh, if you want to help out the show, there's a couple things you can do. Um, one is review it on your podcatcher of choice, uh, Apple Podcast or Spotify or anything like that. Um, those really do help the show. It pushes our uh, pod out to to people and will say, hey, maybe you like this pod, maybe this one too, which is uh, helpful for all that algorithm stuff, you know? Algo. I don't know what that algo do, but... <laughs> Uh, the the much more effective way is to show it to a friend and say, hey, I know you like podcasts and video games and you like to feel good about those things and not uh, dunk on Redfall for three hours straight or whatever every other podcast is doing right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe check this one out. That's much, much more helpful thing to do. Absolutely. Just real quick. Uh, one thing. Scout out in in two forms. One, oh. Scout, thank you for your work on our podcast art. She absolutely crushed it uh-huh. and continues to crush it. And also, congratulations to Scout on launching her new podcast with Jill. Oh, uh, Paws and Claws, a good podcast. Ooh, this is a podcast where Jill and uh, Scout read through the Warrior Cats books and wow. uh, su- and summarize their experience with it. And it's already incredible. So if if that at all sounds interesting to you, check it out. I know nothing about Warrior Cats, so like I'm I having know a great I like time. the name. Yeah, no, it's very fun. Honestly, you've played Cattails. You know what it's about. A warrior Cat. I've, I've, I've also played as a Khajiit before in Skyrim. Also a Warrior <laughs> Cat. Go. Yeah. I, appar- I didn't know this, but uh, apparently the Cattails game was originally using a lot of in-universe lore from cat from the warrior cats like property no shit (laughs) and then i think they got like a little a little cheeky lawsuit (laughs) (laughs) oh just a little just a little cease and desist (laughs) sent over here a little cheeky one Uh, uh, as a little treat but uh they they sanded off all the warrior cats ip and then just made their own game well i mean if it's like if it's like cattails, I would be a fan. Yeah, no, it's 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 very fun. It's very ridiculous. Like you know, it's it, it's a great time. So definitely recommend giving that a look if if you have any interest. Like I said, I don't know anything about this, and I'm having a great time. It's 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 a it's a fun ride. Um, so congrats on that, Scout. 
Let's see. Also, thank you, listener, for uh, listening to this podcast. We appreciate you being here. We certainly don't take your listenership for granted. Mm-hmm. I uh, missed making this podcast when we didn't do it. And so I'm glad that there's uh, people out there who will support that effort mm-hmm. in some way or another. So, uh, yeah, th- thank you for listening. We re- really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. It, it really means a lot to both of us. Dave, do you have any gaming wisdom to, to leave us off with tonight? I do. You know, you, you, you may not like it. You may mm-hmm. not like it. But there is a reason that there are rules and regulations in place. It yeah. may it may keep you from from putting a uh, a swimming pool in your backyard. Uh, yeah. It may keep you from I don't know being able to have the credentials to pursue the the dream of your choice, the job mm-hmm. of your choice, right? Uh, but you know that that it's all there for a reason, mm-hmm. specifically to make sure that the apocalypse doesn't accidentally happen, <laughs> right? Trust in trust in the rules, unless they're bullshit. But trust in the rules and the regulations. <laughs> yeah because <laughs> oftentimes not always they're there for a good reason and also like if you're one of the four horsemen like make sure everything's are going through the proper channels dude sometimes it's the heaven and hell and the charred counselor trying to get fucky with you you need to be careful yeah you gotta you really gotta double and triple check those uh those documents <laughs> right in triplicate please your w2 is malformed it says you are an independent contractor, but you're not. Oh, no. And now the charred council's coming after me? <laughs> Damn. That's kind of, kind of what it feels like, honestly. The IRS and they're like, hey, do you want to guess how much you owe this year? We know. We know. <laughs> Hope you get it right. I'm going to tell you. If you don't, sorry, it's jail time. Also, if you do it wrong and you say that we owe you less than we do, we're not going to say. Isn't that funny? <laughs> Bastards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, it might as well be the Chard Council, man. That's they're, essentially what's they going are on. the American Chard Council. It's true. It's true. They sit yeah. in their their cave underneath the ground. Also, why does all the Chard Council look like the uh, the the cave, the lion cave from Aladdin? From Aladdin, yeah, absolutely. Right? It totally looks like the big, yeah, the like tiger head or something. Yep. Yep, the cave of wonders. That's it. I'm I'm with you, man. First thing I thought. Uh, anyway, thank you, gamers. Thank you for listening to this episode. <laughs> we will uh, talk to you next week. Yep. Okay. Bye, everybody. Bye.